yet another episode of the Walking Towards Spirit podcast. Today, my guest is Michelle Werdeman. So Michelle, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to like just have like an amazing conversation. Oh, me too. And the first conversation we had rocked. And I think everybody who's been following me knows a mission for me this year is to create community. Michelle and I are on video and she can probably see my little create sign here behind me. And mm-hmm. I was just out and about for a walk. And one of my neighbors, I was filling in on kind of my latest ventures of, you know, going full-time in my own business and was like, you have to connect with my sister who's doing the same thing. And I was like, great. So here we are. Yes. Yes. Thank you to Steven, my brother. So it's so nice to have been able to connect with you and be here now. Yes, absolutely. So with that, right, I know a little bit of your story and obviously I have, I always have an inkling of where I want conversations to go just when I meet people and hear the the power of what they share. But, hmm. you know, general background is that you previously worked in a quote, corporate staple job. And now you are in the entrepreneurship world. That's super high level. And while I could tell your story, it is your life. So I would love for you just to do a little bit of an introduction of who you are and how you landed where you've landed. Yeah, no. So uh, let's see who I am. Um, Yeah. So I was, I, I think back to, I went to a business college, right? And Back then, it was the idea of success was getting the corporate job, making a lot of money, getting the white picket fenced house, like all of that stuff. And so leaving a business school, I wanted the corporate job and I loved it. I did financial planning. I did it for close to 19 years. Um, I worked for one particular company for almost 17. And I would say through that time, I met my husband had two kids. Um, we moved a couple of times and I found myself about 45 miles away from my, like my house and my work. And my kids were getting a little bit older, still babies. Basically I wasn't seeing them. And I started to get, I loved what I did. And I more so loved the people that I worked with and was successful, all that good stuff. But I found myself starting to get a lot of anxiety and stress. And as I was creeping into my late 30s, early 40s, um, as any woman that's listening knows this, I started gaining weight and I couldn't understand why. I was like, okay, I'm exercising, I'm eating good, all this good stuff. Um, And I just realized I was like something, like everyone's like, oh no, that's just your time of life. Like supposed to be stressed out, little kids, all that other stuff. And I won't harp on that, but I found that something in my life had to change because on the outside, everything looked great, but on the inside, like I knew something was missing. And somebody had said to me, they're like, have you ever considered a life coach? And I was like, a life coach. I was like, what's that? (laughs) So I started listening to podcasts and all this other stuff. And I realized that like all of my life was actually more in control than I thought it was. Hmm. So it all stems from the thoughts that we think. And to me, I was like, wait a minute, what? Cause I would get to work if I was in the car for an hour and a half just to get to work or an hour and 45 minutes. Like I was completely annoyed, super frustrated. And that I knew as a person, that's not who I was. Yeah. I was like I, This is not me. So I'm like, something has to change. And when I realized that I could totally shift that hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes to be something completely different than what I had been experiencing, 
it totally transformed my life. And when I realized that, I was like, you know what? I was like, this is, I think, my next journey into helping people, like helping them not necessarily be a victim of their circumstance, but like, how can we take this circumstance and think differently about it to create a different re- like reality? So that's when back in, I started courses in 2016 while I was still working. I did it on the side to like get all sorts of different coaching certifications. Um, and I started out on my own in 2019, shortly before the pandemic hit. Mm. Um, and it was scary, like as F. <laughs> but I look back and I'm like, I love the people I work with. I still am so blessed and grateful for all of that experience, but oh God, am I glad I did it and embraced all of the suck. Yeah. And we will so dive into some of that, you know, terror, the scariness of it. Uh, But what stood out to me when you were just sharing your story is one, you know, you had this idea of what success looked like and then started to challenge that a bit. And I think what stood out too, was that you you did enjoy the people that you worked with. This wasn't like, you know. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. so many people may be listening and they're like, you know, I, I don't have that toxic work environment where I hate everybody and I hate everything. And sometimes like that doesn't have to be the catalyst for you to just take a closer look at your life and like what you're looking for and what you want. Uh, and you, you had that moment of, you know, I'm just, this is the point in my life where I'm supposed to be stressed. And I would invite anybody to say like that time never exists. Like you do not have to be stressed. There's no prescription for stress ever that I find to be useful, like Mm -hmm. or worry Um, in that piece, right? With the personal power and the choice there. Do you remember having like a point in time where you're like, oh, I have more control here than I thought I do. Like, do you remember like that moment for you? Yeah, I think it was driving to work, sitting in traffic and taking what I learned listening to coaching and it was, okay, the circumstance was I was sitting in traffic. My thought about that was, oh my God, I'm going to be anxious. This is awful. Like this sucks. Like I can't stand sitting in traffic. All of those things that I was saying to myself and probably out loud (laughs) at the time, those thoughts were creating my feelings of like, frustration, resentment, like anxiety, which resulted in me getting to work and just being in that mindset. And when I caught myself one day going to work and being like, hold on, wait a minute. If I don't want to feel any of these emotions and I I would rather feel more at peace and more calm or happier, I have to change the way that I'm thinking about this situation right now. Yes, I'm sitting in traffic, but this is a great time for me to listen to this podcast, or this is a great time for me to listen to this book. And then I got more like, I won't say excited because I think that's pushing it, but I got more into like, oh, you know what? Like I used to complain, like I wanted to read all the time, but I just did. I was too tired by the time I got home. And I'm like, oh my God, now I get to listen to this book. And then I would get to work and I found myself like not wanting to get out of the car. So it was just really realizing that like all of the feelings that I was blaming on my commute, I was blaming on like all sorts of things. My husband at the time was, I think he was working from home. So like he got to go to the gym in the middle of the afternoon, like, and I resented him for like his flexibility. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, 
I can totally shift this narrative around and be 100% more at peace with where I'm at. And I love those moments of like, oh, I have control here, right? Where we're no longer like you yeah. said, victim to the circumstances. Uh, yeah. And it, it's fascinating how things kind of change and shift and our priorities do, especially throughout our lifetime. So as you mentioned, like you have three kids, you've had this career shift. And from where you were previously in the corporate world to where you are now, how do you say your definition of success has changed? Oh my God. I actually, I just had this conversation shortly before uh, you and I started talking. I think our, at least for me, but I think in general, people's definition of success changes as we evolve as individuals. So like I had the first initial idea of success, like fancy job, making good money, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And then I was there and it was great. But then I was like, well, then why am I not like, I was happy, but I was like, why am I not as happy as I thought? Or why am I not as at peace as I thought I was going to be? And I'll never forget like the first. So when I left corporate America, it was in August. My kids started school very early September. And it was probably one of the first times I ever actually made them like French toast or like eggs or something before school, because either I wasn't there doing it. Or it was like, here you go, here's a bowl of cereal. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I'm not dissing that. But then they got on the bus and I legit cried because I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is what I've been wanting. Like this now is becoming success. Like not having to, not make an excuse to my work to leave early, but like, oh, my kid's soccer or this and that. I didn't have to answer to anybody. And I was like, damn, I was like, this is what success is now. <laughs> like, nobody's going to like, look at me funny or tell me I can't do something like I can do it because I created this. So that was success at that point. Oh, that's such a powerful, like I created that. And I believe this is a Tony Robbins quote. Don't come at me if this is like not Tony Robbins, but <laughs> it's the idea of success without happiness is a different type of failure. Totally. And I, that's what I just heard you say is, you know, I, I had these things I thought I should want. And so many people, right. They hear this narrative a lot of like, don't let other people define success. And it's not until you find yourself in that state of evaluating, like, what do I want success to be where we get to decide that. But you were just talking about like tearing up or crying when the kids left, like that success. I was like, oh man, I just felt that emotion so strongly. It wasn't even my experience. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got to make them like French toast before school. Like and that never happened. And even like, I think about, um, summertime, like when I had my first, you know, summer home, I had never had a summer home. I had maybe a week vacation throughout, um, or like a week and a half, but to actually be with them during summer vacation was like, oh my gosh, and granted, I was like, there were days that I'm like, why can't I be back in the office? <laughs> but it, it was the idea that I got to actually have a summer vacation. And I I'd like, there's no judgment for anybody that doesn't have that. It was just my time that after so many years, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah. And I'm sure there's someone listening, right? Who's like, you know, Michelle, I hear you. Like, that's great for you. How nice for you to have your summer vacation now but like, this isn't for me. And it's, I think very easy to sit on this side of where you are and look back and be like, oh yeah, well 
part of it was hard, but I just did it and it was so worth it. And that's that. But like, walk me through your, your decision-making process to actually leave corporate, which you said you were in for a long time. Yeah. So that was, I think at first when I made the decision, I didn't quite believe myself because I was like, okay, you know what? Like I, something happened at work where I wasn't going to like necessarily get not that I don't want to say position, but I just knew that it. I was kind of at like my peak there. And I was at my peak because I didn't really see anything changing per se. Um, and yes, there could have been more money and all that good stuff, but nothing was going to change in terms of flexibility at that point. Like I was very blessed to work from home for a day. Um, but working from home wasn't a thing. So it was kind of like, I was the only one doing that and a, in a big team. And then I just realized from the time I was young, I had always wanted to own, I used to say my own hair salon. Like, and this goes back to literally probably when I was maybe 10. Um, and then it slowly started evolving. And then in 2016, I was kind of doing journaling, which I'm a huge journaler at this point. And I'm like, I totally try to tell people, even if they don't know what to write, just to put a pen to paper and just start kind of getting your thoughts out. I started journaling about like what my ideal um, career would be or not career, but like work lifestyle would be. And it was to have a like a beach house where people could come and they could just feel at peace and they could like maybe get some coaching or they could just come and get a massage. Like it was a idea of having a center that was like a tranquil thing. So that was 2016 in December. And then when I started to get coaching, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, once I saw the power of that, I was like, I would love to become a coach. And when I said it out loud to like my team members, I'm like, just so you know, I'm like, I'm going to go through these certifications and become a coach and maybe start my own business. Like, I think I didn't even believe it. They didn't believe it. And then as I started to slowly get into that world and see my own transformation is that I was like, no, you know what? I was like, this is going to happen as much as scary as it is. I'm going to do it because there's so many other people out there that could benefit from what I have learned and experienced myself. And if that can like have a ripple effect, like that's huge. So I actually just had a conversation with a friend this morning. We got coffee and she just bought herself a van. I'm going to have her on the podcast later on. She was a past client of mine. That's really turned some of her dreams into reality. And she was saying, you know, I've always wanted to buy a van. I wanted to try the van life thing. And same thing, like she flew to Michigan to pick up this van and drove it home to Massachusetts. And I asked her this morning, like, when did it become real? And she said, when I crossed the Massachusetts border, like I saw the sign that said, welcome to Massachusetts. She was like, I just broke down. Oh my God, I just had chills. Right? And so I'm curious for you, like, you're like, okay, I didn't even believe this thing. And then I kind of started to believe it. When did you believe like, oh no, this this is something I'm committing to turning into a reality. So I think it was more when my team, so as we got closer, 
let's say, I want to say it was probably six or eight months out. They're like, we need to start looking to replace you. And we need to start learning how to like give away your um, tasks, if you will, and that like responsibilities. So I was like, okay. And I won't lie, like that sucked. Like I'm sitting there and slowly over, you know, a couple months, I'm teaching different people on the team. I'm helping them try to figure out who can come in and take over some of my responsibilities. And as that started to happen and we, they actually hired somebody who used to work there. I was like, oh my God, like I I can't literally go back and be like, no, I'm just kidding. Take me back. (laughs) I couldn't do that. And I was like, and I think that's when it hit. And I was like, oh boy. Like, here we go. Like this, this is real. That's actually fascinating. So my mind just went to, that almost feels like, again, there's this romanticization. Is that a word? I don't know. I made it up. (laughs) Like this romanticizing (laughs) of when I'm chasing my dreams, like it's all just, you know, ponies, lollipops and butterflies in a field. But I, and I don't know if this is like actually your experience or if I'm putting words in your mouth. So stop me if I am, but almost like this weird grieving process of like, oh my God, like I do also love this thing and I'm willing to change. Like, is that kind of what it was like for you? I can't tell you, like when I would experience the different emotions that I went through and I, I still to this day experience like part of the grieving process. And I say that because like, as it was happening and the team was moving on, whether I was there or not, they had to like, it was a very successful financial planning team. Like there were clients that needed to be serviced. There were roles, there was responsibilities that all this stuff had to go on. And I'm kind of like the watcher of it at this point, as I'm slowly unwinding my position there. And I was one of kind of like the founding team members. And now I'm seeing like all these new people that some of which have been on the team for a while, but like starting to step up and take more responsibility. And I wasn't necessarily having the say in a lot of it. Um, My opinion was definitely um, valued, like as the transition happened, but I was like, oh my gosh, like, okay. So now like I watched kind of like my to-dos, like go from this big to like this little. And I was like, and yeah, so it it was grieving for sure. And there were four of us that kind of were the founding people of this team that were literally like my family. Like we, we had weddings, we had like all of that stuff, kids, like it was really hard. And I think that's what actually kept me in my position longer than I probably, I, I won't say should have because everything happened the way that it was supposed to happen. But because of my closeness with these people, that's what made it one, the hardest to leave and probably what kept me there longer than I, I could have been. And this is so, I, I love it because it shows the complexity of like the human experience when just because you're following your dreams and your passion doesn't mean, right, that it's always super simple and like not emotionally messy and have all those other layers in it. And similarly, when I was leaving corporate, 
I, I didn't hate my company. I didn't hate what I was doing. I loved the leaders that I was working under. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Like they saw more potential in me than I saw in myself, which at times was terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. But to see, you know, someone that's out there, that's like, what, like, what would you say to someone who's feeling like they're not miserable where they are, but they still feel like something is missing? I would, um, I'd encourage them to explore some of their passions that they may be able to do that might not make it seem like they're working like or not that I, that came out wrong um like Try again take two <laughs> yeah like I think just exploring some of the things that they would love to if they could wake up and just ask themselves if money wasn't an issue what would you what would fulfill you on a daily basis that you could wake up go do something and feel really good about it and maybe it's productive maybe it's not productive but like what would actually kind of bring you joy that you could do that might seem totally out of the question right now. And I think it's fun to play with that because oftentimes I think we have these limiting beliefs in the back of our subconscious that we don't even know that we have. And it's like, oh no, like I love to do, I love to paint. I'm looking at the beautiful pictures of your horses, by the way, behind you. And but I could never turn that into money. Like I could never, you know, do that. And I hear that a lot with people and I'm like, but what if you could do that? And so I think it's a great exercise to kind of play with the idea of like, what do I love to do that wouldn't feel like a job that would bring me joy. And I rest my head on the pillow every night and I just feel like I made a difference or whatever. Like for me, it's who, you know, everybody has their own thing, but I think just being like playful with it. I want to highlight that because I can already feel people who are listening, right? Maybe there's a couple of people that are like, screw you, Michelle. It's not that simple. Just yeah. pick joy and follow it, blah, 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 right? And-, and, and it's not necessarily that simple, but to explore it is like, that's just fun. Oh, say that again. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not that simple necessarily to make the change, but to play and have fun and explore like daydream that's pretty simple and it sounds like what you're doing now started as a daydream like did I understand that correctly? 100%. like I it's funny I looked back at my journal and I know exactly where I was I was at Burton's bar and grill having a glass of wine with my journal just writing one night after like a meeting just kind of and it all started to flow out and about like the, this picture of this beach house and this tranquility center and what I wanted to bring even down to the point where like I had colors picked out and it's like, you come into like the waiting room, AKA living room area and there's self-help books, not people's magazine of who broke up with who and who did that. Like, it's more of like that kind of stuff. And now like, it's slowly becoming more of a reality with the center I'm opening. And it's like, it all started because I allowed myself to just daydream and write. I mean, sometimes like, honestly, I find that's the scariest part in the process is allowing yourself to even admit, like, I think I want something else. Yeah. Um, 
can be scary. And I, I don't want to bypass some of the scary parts of this whole journey because, again, it's so easy for anybody to be where they are. Be like, everything's excellent. Things yeah. are going so well. So if you had to bring me back to, you know, the, the scariest kind of moment in time for you through all of this, where do you think that would kind of fall on your journey? Um, I think there would be two. One of which was, so that same time that my kids went on the bus and I was crying happy tears because I was able to cook them breakfast. I would say not so much that particular day, but maybe a couple mornings after reality set in Mm. and I didn't have anywhere to go. Like I was used to 19 years of having a set place where I needed to be, when I needed to be there and a purpose. And I would say the first, gosh, couple weeks, I struggled with feeling lost. Like I enjoyed kind of like the end of August, like vacationing type stuff, like, and having that time off. But that was really scary when I was like, oh boy, like, wait, I I really did this. (laughs) Like, I don't have like a job to go to right now. Like I'm my own boss. I'm responsible for how much money I'm bringing in now. Like there's no paycheck coming in. Like this, this is on me and being structured. And I think realizing my personality also, which I've embraced it more as I've gone further down this road is I don't necessarily like structure. I like spontaneity. I like that kind of stuff, but as a business owner, like that's not, not (laughs) so that was really scary. And I would say that popped up. Um, it got better once I started to like structure my days, but then there was that part of my personality that didn't like structure. Cause I had had structure for so long that I'm like, wait, what? I don't want to do this. And so that was really scary. And then I think the other scary part was, I would say that summer of 2019, knowing I was leaving not having anything on my to-do list. That was another really scary part. Cause I was like, this is happening and there's no turning back now. I recently heard this analogy. I, I don't know where I heard it, but it's kind of what I'm picturing in my mind as you just shared that when we're talking about risk-taking, right? I talk a lot about risk-takers and taking risks like on this podcast and different places that people can follow me. And I think it's easy to assume that that has to look like really big and terrifying. And sometimes it is, but there are so many smaller steps towards fear, towards risk that are easily more manageable that I can, it's like, okay, I'm standing on a diving board, a really high diving board. And I'm looking at the water underneath me. Like, okay, is that water really crystal clear? And I can see the bottom and I know exactly what I'm jumping into. Or is it like murky and filled with alligators and piranhas, right? Like, it's the same thing, but like nuanced enough to be different. And I'm yeah. hearing that you were like, okay, it's a clear pool down there, but just to get myself to go off the cliff still is going to take some courage. Yeah. It, like, and it was leaving the security of a paycheck. That's like, that was huge. My kids were lit. Like my kids were very little and I'm somebody who loves to go on vacation. So like not saying that, but like in terms of 
okay, well, yeah, you can dial it back. But I'm like, how much am I going to have to change my lifestyle because of the choices that I'm making? And what happens, you know, um, how much money am I going to need to start this business? And I mean, I did some due diligence, obviously, as a financial planner before going into this. But I was like, what if the market crashes? My husband's a financial planner. Like, I've seen what happens when that happens. Like, so there were all these kind of questions that I would ask myself. And I think, gosh, even talking about it now, I, I wish I could go back and just look at myself four years ago and be like, it's going to work out even better than you could have dreamed. Right. And at that time, and I think our brains naturally go to worst case scenario because we're trying to stay in survival mode. Right. So it's like, well, what if, what if, what if, and it's like, I encourage people as they kind of maybe want to think about changing something. What if, and you just change that narrative a little bit and think about the best case scenario. Right. I think I just went off on a tangent and I'm like, I don't even remember what the actual question was because I like got so lost in my own brain. But it's so amazing. Like you're, you're speaking to that negativity bias, right? Like we all have that as a baseline survival mechanism, like that is, you know, biological in our brains. And it's, it doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. And I actually hear, I'm curious too, because I hear so often, especially from moms, right. That have small kids, like, well, you know, Christina, you can do that because you don't have kids right now. Like I can't do it because here's all my reasons. I'm like, great. The longer you stick to those reasons, the more you're going to say you can't do it. Um, that like, just be realistic. And I hear that, right. Just be realistic. And I hear fighting for limitation. Like I, I can't do that. I can't allow myself to even think about that possibility. So it's beautiful to hear you put your story in and say, yeah, I saw those things too, right? Like I was still afraid. Oh, I saw and... them. I felt them. <laughs> yeah. So how did you like, what helped you to overcome that piece? Talking about them. I am not one to shy away from sharing my emotions, which mm-hmm. I feel like is a positive and it's a negative at the same time. Like, <laughs> you know how I feel. Like I can do a good job when I have to, you know, but I think being able to share how I was feeling in the transition and all of that with the people that I worked with was huge. So they got it. Like there would be times like, I remember just sitting in my office and I was crying and like the right person would be like, do you want to go outside for a walk? And yes. Like, do you want to talk about this? And it was just talking to people and just getting it out of my head, getting it out of my body, and then just being with it and knowing that like, it's okay. Like, even if like, I always tell people that are kind of like stuck in indecision because they're like, well, what if this doesn't work? Or what if that? And I'm like, well, what if there's no wrong decision? What if it works out the way you want or better? And if it doesn't, like, what do you learn from it? And it's like kind of taking that, like, and I knew as a CFP, I'm like, worst case scenario, I could get another job if I wanted to, if it didn't work out. I didn't sit there though, because if I sat on plan B, plan B was going to happen, right? Plan A would never have taken flight. So it was more of talking through my feelings and my emotions with other people 
that could see from the outside what I couldn't see maybe at the time. And that's so powerful because I mean, podcast, right? It's walking towards fear. It's kind of like walking towards these emotions that we don't know what's going on. They feel really powerful. And I often find that when we look, look fear straight in the eye, it gets a lot less scary, but we spend so much time avoiding it. Like, Oh, that's terrifying. I don't want to look at it. And there's this, a difference, right? Between catastrophizing of like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be the worst thing ever. And doing like risk mitigation, which was what I heard you say of like, okay, what is the worst possible outcome? And for example, right? So this year I'm bringing people out into the backcountry in the wilderness for transformational coaching experiences. That's awesome. And one of the things I'm doing in preparation for that is taking a wilderness first responder course at the end of April. And I don't feel like I have all the knowledge and that I'm not ready for this course that I have to go to for five days in Maine. And I was like, okay, what's the worst thing that happens is that I get there. I don't have all the proper information. I don't have the skills they need me to have yet. And like, I work with them to create another time that I can go after learning more. Right. Yeah. Like I had all this anxiety and was like, whoa, bring it down a notch. So looking at things, talking it out and sharing it is often the last thing we want to do because it yeah. shows like our human side. Um, so how has that played into you building your business and what you're creating now in the future? I think being vulnerable. So my podcast that I have, which I'm excited to have you on the end of May, um, I am able to share my journey that I've gone through, um, the anxiety that I felt, the fear that I had to face, um, all of that. It's been education for other people. So in being vulnerable, um, because you never know, I, you know, it's the memes that you see all the time. Like you don't know what somebody else is going through, but it's so true. And I feel like the more we can share our own experiences in things, it allows people to feel less alone. And that in and of itself allowed them to share and them to grow. So, um, and now I look back and I actually laugh like I joked with a guy that I worked with the other day, I was like, just talking about how everything is kind of panned out. I was like, oh my God. I was like, had I known like four years ago going through this, I was like, maybe I wouldn't have been an anxious mess for like, the last, right? like several months. I was like, but had I not experienced all of that? Um, and it was tough. Like some days when I tell you, like, I think about um, without getting too like scientific about it, but like, I know like there was a part of my brain that when I would get on the highway, even if I was like in a happy mood would automatically associate the highway and traffic with being anxious. And then I would start to feel it in my body. And I know that's now my amygdala and not like how all of that works. Had I not experienced all of that, I wouldn't do my research. I wouldn't have been able to help as many people as I'm helping now. So in hindsight, like what I, and I'm not going to say suffered because it's not suffering, but like what I walked through um, and experienced has now allowed me to help other people walk through similar situations. Yeah. And what I heard between those words of what you just shared is like, whatever people are going through in this moment, like, sure, you can walk through that with anxiety. You can walk through that with some fear. You can walk through that with all these, you know, kind of catabolic, low energy emotions. And there's other options available. Like you can be more playful. You can have fun with it. You can turn it into a game. Like there's, 
there's other options out there to experience life with. Yeah. And I think part of the big piece too, is for me, when I started to experience that, it would have been been a lot easier for me to be like, you know what? No, I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stay with the comfy paycheck. I'm going to stay and suck up the commute. A lot of people do that and I'm not dissing it. There's nothing wrong with it. Our brains want to stay comfortable. It's facing it because the more we face difficult emotions, the easier they are in the future. Not that they won't happen, but the easier they are to deal with because you know you're going to get through them. I would love for people just to go back and re-listen to that again, right? Like hit the back button on your podcast right now and and hear it again, because you're right. I, I, anybody that's been through something that's difficult, it's easy to say, I I wish I never experienced that, but it's like, "Mm." as a result of that experience, I am now better suited to handle other experiences like that. It's that idea that confidence is kind of a result, not really a prerequisite that Mm. I think you're kind of alluding to. Um, So with all the things that you've learned transitioning from full-time quote, stable quote, paycheck Mm -hmm. quote, you know, corporate career, all those things. What are you really creating this year with what you're, you know, doing full-time? So I am creating a tranquility center, which is coming uh, this summer down in Plymouth. And I am taking all of the aspects of, I feel like what's healed me over the years and bringing it into this one center. So there's going to be meditation. There's going to be yoga. There's going to be massages. And then like, I've been working with my own coach. Um, like there's going to be creativity corner, like just all of the, um, I laugh too, because when I was talking to her, I was like, this is a new business, like kind of new part of my business. And there's not one part of me that's stressed out about it. Like, and most people can't say that when they're like, all of a sudden they signed a lease for a new place and here they are, they've got rent. And I was like, I'm not the least bit stressed, least bit stressed out because it's everything that brings me peace and calm that I'm bringing to this center to offer it for other people. So the idea is like, I love going to a spa. I don't necessarily want to get a massage all the time or a facial or that. I just want like the serenity piece of the spa. (laughs) It's going to be that type of environment. And that's what I'm excited about. And when I learned how to do meditation, not that you learn how to do it per se, that brought me a lot of peace and calm. And there's a lot of people that are think like, oh, I can't sit still for that long and I can't not think. And that's totally not what it has to be about. But like learning how to calm our minds or just a little bit at a time, like all of that stuff that's helped me over the years, like I can't wait to bring to other people. I have never thought of that, Michelle. Like I'm not someone that often goes to spas. I'm more like put me in a mud bath in the middle of the wilderness. Like that's yeah. that's my scene. But the few times that I've been to a spa or a, a, an environment like that, there is a naturally kind of calm, tranquility, peaceful energy there. And to your point, like I feel like that is only kind of accessible currently in this spa environment. Yeah. So for you to create that space, with and like separated out from you know these other you know spa services is actually a really interesting idea i've just never thought of it like that and yeah. to to clarify for people listening this is in plymouth massachusetts yes uh, i don't know if there's other 
Plymouth is Plymouth is whatever uh, <laughs> like Plymouth, around the world I feel like this Plymouth New Hampshire but yeah like I find that like my best work or when I need to be creative when I was doing blogs I know you have a blog um I was out of my work office I would actually take my laptop and I would go to this awesome sushi place I'd grab some sushi grab a glass of wine and I'm like I was like free to just write and write and write but if I'm sitting at my desk sometimes that didn't always happen so like I I want to have part of this um space as like a creative like corner where you're in like a big comfy cozy chair like warm blankets like all this stuff and I'm like if you want to bring your laptop cool if you just want to sit and read a book that's cool too like if you want to nap I don't care (laughs) like like and that's just one little piece of the of the center so it's bringing all the things that I love into one space and you can use it however you want. That feels so integrated. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's great. Like it still hasn't really hit me. <laughs> I know. Happening. I can't wait to talk with you like later on to be like, Hey, when was that moment where even this now hit you? Yeah. When, if you have an idea, when will this be open and available for people to come like check out and explore? Um. So my lease starts May 1st. I come back from Italy on May 6th. Um, And then, so, you know, what's funny, and this goes to show, like, I feel like my um, progression I've made in terms of like shoulds and all like timelines and stuff. Like originally I was like, okay, got to open like beginning of June or June 15th. Like then one night I just happened to be laying awake. I'm like, that's not going to bring me joy. Like, it's not going to bring me joy to put all that pressure on myself in four weeks to get a center up and running and all of this stuff. I don't want to go into that with stressful energy. I want to go into this with like playful, peaceful, calm energy. So I'm going to take the summer to literally get everything squared away, get my yoga teachers lined up, which I've already started doing, my massage therapists lined up and just have a lot of fun like getting it ready this summer. And I think I'll probably do some workshops maybe in August. Um, We do do our family vacation for two weeks, the end of August. And then I think like right after Labor Day, like be off, off and running. And And, yeah. Because I heard on that too, right? It's exactly what you talked about. Navigating your world and your business around what feels good to me, right? That balance between structure and spontaneity and like, hey, sure, I could crush this out, but that's not how I want to do it. And giving yourself permission to follow that. Oh, what a beautiful example. Totally. Like I could sit there and I could get it open in a month's time. Like that would be no problem. But do I want to put that on myself? Nah, not really. (laughs) Simple as that. Nope. Yeah. Okay. So we know that you're building this tranquility space. Do you, do you have a name for it? Are you open to sharing that or not yet? Yeah, totally so, um, so this is what I love. So my coaching business has been MBW living, which is mind balance, wellness living, but where the MBW actually comes from is my initials. So M Michelle B is my main name, Buckley. Um, w is Wordiman. So when I was, again, this goes back to literally December, 2016 in my journal, I was like, how can I use my initials to make it personal? Like what, like words could I come up with? And it was like, oh, mind and balance and wellness. Okay. Like, so this will be, yeah, like the, for sure, MBW Tranquility Center. 
Amazing. I can't wait to, as you launch to, I'll come back and up, update the notes on this podcast. So anyone who listens later on will, will hear that. And I also just laughed because you were like, how can I make this personal MBW? And I'm like, WTF. Excellent. <laughs> right? yeah. Cause it's, it is, it's all personal and it's about my journey and it's like, yeah. Yeah. In this world of walking towards fear, that's very much my journey in a, a different way. Right. So it just made me chuckle that you were, yours was like very personal and, and sentimental and mine was a bit vulgar and, <laughs> and aggressive, but I digress. Um, I say WTF all the time <laughs> and it's not walking towards fear. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? That's where my, the idea came from was it didn't start with like, I'm walking towards fear. It started because people in my life would look at me and say like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And I was like a little unsure, but I'm trying to do what feels best for me. And yeah. I realized Oh, that happens to be walking towards fear, listening to that, you know, scary voice telling me to to do something a little bit different and, and move in that direction. Oh yeah. Which I you're such a like powerful example of going from this stable career. Again, granted, even stability is perceived. Yeah. Companies can let us go at any time, things can happen. Um, but with that, this kind of brings us to the segment which I've loved creating, uh, an opportunity for you to have an ask for my audience and create some community. So I know that I tossed that over to you before we started today. So I'm wondering if uh, anything's come to mind that you'd like to share. Yes. So a couple of things. One, I would love to hear what people would want to see in a center like that. Like what, what would make you like, I think my early days of um, my kids being little, when I just needed a timeout in the shower or the car wasn't cutting it, um, what things would bring somebody peace. And then honestly, I'm like, I could use some serious help. So I have a website, but it's all about like my coaching and all this. I don't have the first clue how to transition that website to an actual place where people can then book things and like have a schedule and all of that. So I am in the process of trying to find somebody that could help with website building and then turning that into an app where somebody could just like reserve their spot. Ooh, a twofer. I love that. Yeah. And the first is I think such a cool example because I love this idea of starting with the end in mind. Like as you're building this first facility to say, who knows? I love that you just said first because that means that there's going to be more. Well, that's, that was what I was saying. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it, when this starts to thrive to be like, oh, maybe this is something I want to actually see if other people want to purchase, um, help me play the trades game. What is that word called? Franchise. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Franchise, right. Where it's like, so maybe someone's listening and they're in a different country or they're in a different state and they're like, oh man, if I had a center like that near me, this is what I'd want in it. Like yeah, that feedback is so invaluable. So if you have thoughts on that, you can send it over to walking towards fear at gmail.com. And I'll send that over to Michelle and connect you guys. And then in terms of availability with calendaring and turning into apps, all that sort of stuff, like web developers, yes. let us know, <laughs> come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Amazing. That's, that's part of one of my next steps is to get that all squared away. And yeah, very easy to work with. I'm very easy to work with. It's <laughs> like, please, please, please. I love it. Uh, and lastly, to really wrap things up, Michelle, through your journey of, you know, kind of walking towards fear and having your own w WTF moments. If you had to kind of like wrap that up in a nice bow, what would you hope somebody took away from today's conversation with you? 
I think when you think about walking towards fear is understanding that fear is just an emotion, right? And no emotion lasts forever. Good ones, bad ones, scary ones, all of those. And I think we talked about this before, but like think about fear as false evidence appearing real. And we often create stories in our minds. We have 70,000 thoughts a day, most of which are not actually true. And 90% of which we think the day before. And the more the thoughts that we have that we think over and over again, they become beliefs. So if you are afraid to do something, I think it's worth taking a look at what it is that's causing you the fear about it. What thoughts, I should say, are causing you the fear about it and asking yourself, are these thoughts 100% true or just things I've been telling myself or that I think? Because chances are they're a bunch of BS <laughs> like, and understand there's nothing wrong with you for creating these stories and thinking these stories. It's your brain is doing what it's designed to do and it's designed to keep you safe and not feel those difficult emotions, but just know that fear is an emotion that does not last forever. I would drop my mic, but I just bought it and it's new. So like, <laughs> and I know we have to, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, feelings can't hurt us, even no. though they feel like they can. So I think that's a beautiful take home message for anybody, maybe who's going through something and experiencing an emotion, whether it's fear or otherwise, uh, that they're not loving. It's like, yeah, it's uncomfortable. It also can't really hurt you. It's just a, a story there. So thank you for dropping that. Like they really do suck sometimes and I get it. And it's not to disregard or make them feel any less, um, but understand it's, it will pass. Yeah. Creating that distance. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Michelle, thank you for spending your afternoon with me and like dropping some, dripping some wisdom on everybody through like your own learning and story. This was awesome. I love, you know what? Cause I love sharing like this kind of stuff because it has such an impact. So I love that you have this podcast because I think fear is something that can legit keep people stuck um, because you freeze. And like on the other side of fear, the more you get past it, like the sky's the limit, right? Like, you know that. So, yeah. And that's the fun thing. Like, I, I don't care who it is that's listening. They're like, oh, Christina, like none of this is available to me. I, I challenge that. Like, if you really don't think it's for you, reach out to me and I will prove you to be incorrect. That'll be a fun challenge. But to your yeah. point, it's available to all of us. And seeing people who are not just talking the talk, but walking the walk in the way that you are is super inspiring to me. And I've learned a lot through your story today. So thank you again for spending your time with us. Yeah, no, thank you. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of your days and keep walking towards fear.